Our Lord gives advice to two groups of people in today's Gospel, to the invited and to the one uh, who invites. Uh, and uh, speaking to the invited, or speaking of the invited rather, we could say that you and I have all been invited to a wonderful wedding banquet. And someone invited us, whether it was uh, our parents as infants, or a friend, or the media, or something Somehow we uh, found an invitation to, the, to this church, to the church. What should please all of us is that we have been invited and that we, we are present. The food served at the banquet is, uh, the, the banquet table is the same uh, at the, at the, at the, wherever we sit. Um, it's the same for everybody. You think of that uh, day's wages that the Lord gave to the, uh, in the parable in the, in the, of the laborers called at different times of the day. They all re- receive the day's, the day's wage. Some here have been participating at the, uh, the wonderful table of the wedding banquet of the Lord since infancy. Others have come more recently. Others maybe had a long absence from that uh, a wedding banquet and have come back. But each one of you has an equal place at this table. You have each, each one of us, has been given a place of honor at this wedding banquet. Each one of us has equal honor in that sense, no matter how, how recently we came. We're all invited to this wedding feast of the Lamb, which is the Mass. And the Mass is the foreshadowing of the eternal banquet in heaven. And the one who invites us is Jesus. He has invited us who are unable to make recompense by inviting him to a like feast. We are the poor, the crippled, the lame or the blind who have been invited to this feast. A friend of mine told me recently about a comment he heard from others who were at a fundraising event, you know, uh, and you, of course, they all they all pretend to be friends, but sometimes one has to ask: Are they real friends or deal friends? In other words, they're giving, hoping to accept something back. They're laying on a banquet so that you 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 donate to coffers or whatever. No, we're totally unable to to compensate the Lord for the for the beautiful banquet that He has laid out for us by our Catholic faith, uh, particularly the Holy Mass. We are the poor, we have nothing that was not given to us. Our very existence, all and who we are, all we have, comes from God. We owe it to him in that sense. We are the crippled and the lame, for we were beaten up by the devil at the fall, uh, along with the whole of humanity by the sin of our first parents. And we become further crippled and handicapped by our own personal sins and our repeated falls into sin. We are among the blind, so often we fail to see things with with a supernatural outlook, not raising our eyes to heaven, but only aware of the reality that is perceived by our senses and failing to see things from an eternal point of view. And yet we are those who have been invited to the wedding feast. Are we worthy? Not at all. None of us can claim to be worthy uh, to be at the wedding feast. It could be said of us, as St. John John Chrysostom remarks, to those who might say, you know, when our Lord says, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, you know, someone might say, yeah, but the poor are unclean and filthy. 
You know, and sometimes we, that we have to clean them and all the rest. But, but what St. John Chrysostom says, well, if you say that, then wash that person. Make him to sit with you at table. If he has dirty garments, give him clean ones. Christ comes to you through him, and do you stand trifling? Christ comes to us in that person. But we also, the Lord cleanses us for, so that we're able to sit down at this wedding feast through baptism. And we are given a new clothing. Those dirty clothes that we had are removed and we are cleansed, we're clothed anew with our garment of baptism. And at our baptism we are admonished to keep that garment unstained until we enter into the heavenly kingdom. Bring it with you unstained. Well, all of us fail there, don't we? So we have the beautiful sacrament of confession in which we can have that garment cleansed again. We're enriched with the royal dignity of confirmation as we, we were so fortunate last Sunday to have four people baptized and three of them confirmed and received the Eucharist at the, at the Mass. One of them is Brian. He's sitting here. By the way, it was his birthday the, the following day uh, on, on Monday, so we wish him a happy birthday as well. But um, not now, afterwards. But, uh, you know, with that, and that confirmation, that anointing with chrism is a sign of our royal dignity that's how we have been raised by our Lord, so that we can really participate in a royal banquet. He heals us by his word and the other sacraments, so that our participation in this nuptial banquet of the Mass may find us fit for the wedding feast of heaven. All of this needs our cooperation, humbly acknowledging our need for continuing conversion in, in our life. You know, the, the, um, the least become the greatest, don't they? We can think of Saul who became Paul, persecuting the Christians and then the great apostles of their Gentiles. Saint Augustine, who, whose feast falls upon this day, it was, was a great sinner, lived a depraved life and was deceived by evil for so long. His mother, Monica, prayed insistently for him that he would discover the Catholic faith, which of course he did through the grace of God and the preaching of St. Ambrose in Milan, and is now acknowledged as perhaps the greatest father of the Western Church and a great doctor of the Church, quoted so often. And I'll quote him later. We have some great conversion stories that make the media sometimes. You know, Mel Gibson, the one who, the maker of The Passion of the Christ, well, you know, had a great conversion, no doubt, through making that film. Apparently, soon afterwards, he fell from grace, uh, very sadly. But then he repented and came back. You see, the great can fall, but there's always this possibility of coming back. I've written about Shia LaBeouf in the, in the bulletin today, which you may have heard about his conversion if you've heard of him before. You know, and as newsworthy as that is, we have to pray for him because he, he is still a sinner and he's perhaps at the beginning of his Christian life. He's full of enthusiasm, but he's in a dangerous industry. And um, we have to pray that he, he be humble and he, d he does not fall. Um, so to, to support him in our prayers. Cause, but even if one does fall, there is the, the way back, of course. And thinking of, the, you know, these people have been invited one way or another. As we said, each one of us has, has been invited. So are we inviting others? Are you inviting others to this banquet? Each one of us has to be an inviter as well as having been invited. Each one of us has to seek opportunities for inviting others to the banquet of the Catholic faith, the beautiful gift that is being given to us even though we are so uh, unworthy of it. And what opportunities do we take 
to invite others. Uh, we had this uh, lovely uh, car wash uh, going on yesterday. I think it's going to go on today as well. But, um, you know, it's, it's wonderful to see so many people passing through to have their car wash, cars washed. But I want, and it's symbolic there, isn't it? The washing of the car, cleansing and all that. Well, I want this to be an apostolic thing as well. Everything we do, dear brothers and sisters, has to be mission-oriented. Why are we doing that car wash? So that youth have a great time? Yes. So that we raise money for the youth? Yes. But we have an encounter with those who drive their cars in and they're waiting in line. You can just stand up by the car. If you stand long enough, they'll roll the window down. And you say, how nice of you to come. Thanks for coming. How did you find out about this? You know, uh, and a little conversation there. Do, uh, do you know about our Lady Perpetual Help? And then you have a conversation. Simple things like that, and it can lead to an invitation. Or someone might say, "It's actually a long time since I've been to, to the Catholic Church. You know, I was raised a Catholic and all the rest. You know, or I'm recently moved into the area and I haven't found about out about the church yet, but I saw the activity, so I thought I'd come along." Everything we do has to be mission-oriented. Everything we do has to be an occasion of inviting someone. The encounters you have with people in the street, in the supermarket, maybe when the guy who's, or the woman who's pumping your gas, you know, they, they might be an occasion to have a, a little conversation. How's your day? God bless you. Thank you. You know, simple things like that. We have to have that invitation mentality. But sometimes we're afraid of maybe being embarrassed, and that's where we, we're proud. We need to grow in humility, as, as we're reminded in the readings today. Speaking of St. Augustine, he spoke about humility a lot. He said, if you should ask me what are the ways of God, I would tell you that the first is humility, the second is humility, and the third is humility. Not that there are no other precepts to give, but if humility does not precede all that we do, our efforts are fruitless. Let's be ready to make a fool of ourselves. Let us be humble. I, I uh, confessed to some of the people at weekday mass a, couple, a week or two ago how I, re how I was convicted of my pride. I was on vacation, and of course I've been away for maybe a couple of weeks, and I don't like to leave it long, you know, be, between confessions. And I had, no, I had every opportunity to go. I was staying in a rectory in Spokane, I was staying in a rectory then in, elsewhere in Oregon, I won't tell you where. But you know, I was with priests, and was, somebody in my heart was saying, come on, go to confession. I said, no, no. Well, on the last day, as I was leaving the rectory where I was staying to make my final drive back home, I had everything in the car, and we were outside, and I was ready to go off, and the priest said, Father, would you hear my confession? <laughs> and even then I was too proud to say, and then Father, would you hear mine? You know, it's, it's, this pride thing is it's a battle for all of us, dear brothers and sisters. A few days later when I was back, I went up to Eugene and went to confession. You know, this pride is, is, is terrible. and We're all struggling against it. But we, and so we have to, sometimes that knowledge of that pride can humble us, even though we might not yet be humble. I think if we're humbled, it's because we're not humble. A humble person wouldn't realize they're being humbled or humiliated, perhaps. St. Augustine says it was pride that changed angels into devils, the sin of our first parents. It is humility that makes men as angels. He said there is something in humility which, strangely enough, 
exalts the heart and something in pride which debases it. Isn't that interesting, the paradox there? You know, but only Jesus can truly say, learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, as we heard in the gospel acclamation today. For he is the humble one. Anyone who says, learn from me because I'm humble, you know they're pride, proud, of course. Our Lord is the master. And he can teach us to be humble. And he, he wants us to walk with him on the way of humility. But he wants us to know that he's invited us to, to a place of honor. There is a place of honor for each one of us at the feast, that place of honor awaits us among the saints enrolled in heaven.